Hello, everybody, and welcome to Awake to Freedom. I'm Eric James, your host. It is March 21st, 2019, for all those people keeping time. This episode is going to be music, punk rock music, real rock and roll music from South by Southwest. I have a guest today called Tim Siegel. He is a great gentleman. He plays in a local band here called The Hormones. They play frequently. Um, other news going on. We lost Dick Dale, one of the pioneers of surf music, and I got to see him in a small club in California called Papiots and Harriets about nine years ago, and it was sure an experience. What I mean, just an amazing guitar player, amazing person. I got to talk to him after the show, and just a great guy, uh, and just a lot of fun, and he's going to be missed, and it was definitely a pleasure to be alive during the same time he was alive playing music, because it was really cool. Um, like I said, we got a, a punk rock historian here, Tim Siegel, that will be on the show shortly. Uh, other news going on in the world today? Well, you know, politics is the same BS going back and forth. He said, she said, they said, whatever. But my focus for everybody is ego-free living and uh, being good humans and realizing there's a lot of not right in this world and we have voices and we are good people and... Uh, you know, it's enough that this this crap just can't go on anymore. We've got some some crazy shit going on in this world with violence. Uh, just, and I don't want to get into it too much because it's so sad and it just glorifies the people that did it. But it's just horrible uh, and terrorist attacks. Um, and it's just, it's not the world that we want to raise our families in. We want to love. We want to enjoy our music. We want to enjoy our friends. We want to enjoy a society that's united and fights for the same causes for all people. That's at least is my goal in life, uh, and that's what I want to see in life, and that's why I do the show. It's just good people sharing, sharing stories, shelling, sh- telling us reality, basically. And that's another thing, real quick. I just wanted to bring up the other night when we were going down to South by Southwest, and maybe you're listening today. We had an amazing woman that drove us downtown, and we spent about 20 minutes in the car with her. And learned about her family and her health issues. And what finally got got her through everything was just giving up, holding on to the negativity in her life and letting love shine through. And miraculously, she was healed from her sickness. And she was driving Uber with a smile on her face the other night in South by Southwest traffic. And she was had a smile on her face and was meeting good people. And I just want to say that that night, that drive downtown was very special for me. So if you are listening, much love to you and your family. And uh, everybody else, let's sit back and enjoy a good show. Thank you. Mr. Tim Napalm. I believe so. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? Oh, well, man, I've been up a couple of hours already. And uh, let's see, I've had to, I've had to, you know, do some final tweaks 
on a new column I'm doing for a British website. Um, very nice. Very nice. You know, listening back to some of these mixtapes you might have seen, I'm I'm making since I got this cassette deck at a at a pawn shop. I, I saw that. Up. I saw that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was I was uh, listening back to the to the 1981 hardcore mixtape I put together and uh, reading a little bit of this book that I was sent to review by Al Burian, a uh, guy who used to write for Punk Planet and all that stuff. Um, and uh, you know, then uh, well, when you well, that- you know you know, and I gotta I gotta get on to do writing something else in a little while, but. Uh, you know, you uh, you texted me. I completely forgot uh, about this. I was right in the middle of taking a care of the three S's, and so I had to pause <laughs> the other two S's while I talked to you. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm very – you know, we talked once before when I was interested in, in drumming for a band. I played in UK 76 last year, and we did a bunch of shows around town, like by Southwest and stuff. And uh, then we – Right, talked, right. You were looking for a drummer and this and that. It didn't work out at the time, but I, oh, I, I'm fascinated by you because we're right around the same age, but you're like a punk pioneer. You can put the words out there that explain everything that's in my head or in the people's head around our age. And I don't know if you're like a historian. It, it's awesome. Well, well let's, be, let's be is, fair. Well, yeah. let's be fair, Eric. I am it's, not a punk pioneer. Okay, that pioneer, would be... A, that, that would be Iggy Pop. Right. That would be Iggy Pop. I mean, you know, I'm, I I mean, where I fit into this timeline is probably the same way Jeff and Steve McDonald from Red Cross do, or Harley Flanagan, you know, from the Simulators and later the Cro-Mags. I was a precocious 12-year-old kid when the Sex Pistols came to America and when I saw Patti Smith six months later. And uh, so I caught the tail end of the original punk wave, but I was old enough for, uh, you know, hardcore when it came along. And I liked the early stuff, but, you know, after a while when it became, you know, you know, thrash music, I lost interest, you know? But yeah, you're, I mean, well, I I guess. So that's what you were more in the hardcore when you grew up? Is that what you were most? No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. Oh, I'm not right. saying that. I'm. I like the early stuff because the early stuff was still very much punk rock. Um, right, right, exactly. When it became dumb thrash music that was strictly about speed, I lost interest. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. You know? I'm, I'm the same same way with with that. I. Uh, it was like the the '90s came along and it, it started speeding up too much for me, and it kind of took out the meaning for me because when punk rock came out to me, it was kind of aimed at government. Well, I grew up West coast punk rock. So we were, you know, we had TS the well and stuff and, and, you know, fuck the government and this and that. So it was kind of just screaming politics and stuff. And it, but it still had rock and roll feel to it. It didn't have to be overly done fast. Exactly. But for me, I thought that, 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 you know, the speedy dumb thing came in about 1982, to be honest oh, with you. Okay. Um, you know, it's, I, I, it, it was, you know, the night by the nineties, forget it. I didn't want to know it, but you know, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it really started losing the luster when it became, you know, bands with three initials just going, yes. fuck Reagan as fast as they could. <laughs> yeah, over right. and over. 
Right. You know, it's like, I mean, that's the thing. American punk rock initially was fun. It was only political in its attitude and its stance. It was, you know, we are misfits. We don't fucking fit in with the society, but we're going to have some fun here. And uh, it, it wasn't until Ronald Reagan got elected president that American punk rock got politicized, really. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, no, you're very, the, yeah, you're right, very much so, especially on the I mean, West the, Coast. the British stuff uh, was just that way because man, they had a harder life; they were living harder than we were. Right. I mean, they had a worse situation. If anything, Britain at that time was a lot like New York was at that time. I mean, New York was just devastated. It was a bomb site. Um, yeah, well, you know, compared to, but the rest of us in this country, we were doing pretty damn good. Um, yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, I was in the middle class home in Southern California. It's just the way yeah. we, we, I grew up personally. Um, but I gravitated a lot more towards, uh, British punk rock music. And I'm not going to, you know, because it was, it fascinated me that how other people, and that's when I was really getting into him realizing it's not all roses everywhere else, you know? And, right. and uh, British punk rock just struck a chord with me. Probably, I mean, Sex Pistols were, you know, that was my introduction to punk rock at 12 years old. Oh, yeah, well, me too. Me too, exactly. They were on the evening news yeah. every night, and it just scared the hell out of Walter Cronkite, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, that made an impression on me. I didn't, you know... I talked about this myself at, in my, uh, you know, when I was on that panel that that British soap company had me on, uh, oddly enough. And I just, they I, I just talked about the fact that, yeah, um, it was, it was the end, it, you know, they thought it was the end of civilization. And I just thought, wow, this is cool because I could not, I couldn't relate to what was the popular music of the time. On the one hand, it was right. Barry Manilow. On the other hand, it was Ted Nugent. And, yeah. you know, yes. this, and that was about as extreme as it got. And that, this didn't, none of this sounded like my mom's Chuck Berry records. The no. Sex Pistols sounded like my mom's Chuck Berry records, but louder. And, you know, as I said, for the first two or three years I owned, never mind the bulletsters, the sex pistols, I could not understand a fucking word. Johnny <laughs> Rotten was singing, but somehow I just intuitively knew everything he was singing. I, it, it sounded to me like this was a, a guy that was giving voice to the war in my head. Yeah. You know, and the sex pistols, the sex pistols provided the soundtrack. They and, did. uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you just explained and, that beautifully. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I and, you know, at that time, I didn't know what the fuck he was thinking of talking about. I, no, I love the, the rock and roll, the music, and I'm a drummer, so I heard the drums, and it was just loud and in your face. And this guy is saying, <laughs> "All I all I got out of it was fuck this and fuck that, you fuck it all." And I was like, "Yes," you know. Well, and you got you know you were you were responding to Paul Cook, who's one of the great. Yes unsung rock and roll drummers right uh, there. Um, yeah. Amazing. You know, it, it, but you know, it's, and the other thing being that, you know, okay, you're from, okay, you're from like Orange County, right? I grew up in Long Beach. No, we didn't, okay, I, wasn't Long on, Beach. 
I, that's the orange curtain, man. I didn't. I, <laughs> we were from the hoods. <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, I I grew up in a small Texas town. There was no punk scene where I was. Um, okay. I was essentially it. And, um, you know, I beat this. I'm looking at all this music coming in from everywhere, and all I can think is there's a million great new bands forming every week, and all these records are really cool, and I was digging it. And it upset me when I got out into the world and realized that, you know, everybody from all these geographical areas, different geographical areas, were just sniping at each other. Mm-hmm. You know about who had the better scene or who invented yep. punk rock, and uh, yeah. you know it's just like you know I, I talked about this as well just not too long ago when I'm talking about Marky Ramone versus Johnny Ramone at that <laughs> one event. It was like we're supposed to all be in this together. Come on, guys! Right? And, you know the truth. The truth of the matter is this music wasn't invented in one place. What we consider punk rock. At coming from the 70s is a direct result of, you know, what's called the butterfly effect. It's essentially the students and the New York dolls flapping their wings and these waves go out. And what happened is, you know, the local freaks and wherever they were who bought those Stooges and New York dolls records were in 1975 growing sick of what was going on. Right. Out there in the culture and in, in, in rock and roll and whatever else. And they were going to form the band they wanted to hear. They were completely, un, you know, unaware that, you know, somebody over in this area was having the same idea. And so what ends up happening is roughly October 1975, the Ramones are playing their first gig with TVG. While the yep. Sex Pistols are in London, gate crashing their first gigs. Meanwhile, down in Australia, Radio Birdman and the Saints are at opposite ends of that continent doing something very similar, and neither of is aware of the other. Meantime, what the Saints are doing sounds a whole fuck of a lot like the Ramones, and there's no way they would know this because the Ramones have not put out a record yet. And, right. you know, you, you go up to Cleveland, and there's this band called Frankenstein that would later change their name to the Dead Boys, playing their first gigs. I mean, yep. all this shit is happening at once. In 1976, they start looking around and, wait a minute, that, that bunch over there is doing something kind of similar. And Caroline Coon, a British journalist, gives it the name Punk Rock, right. you know, based on a, a phrase that she read in Lenny Cave, Nuggets compilation of all the 60s garage bands. You know, yeah. it's it, yeah. it all... It, it it wasn't invented in one place, unless yeah. you want to con- unless you want to consider that the Stooges came before the New York Dolls, and well, the Stooges were in Detroit. Therefore, it began it begins in Detroit. You know, right? But right? But yeah, you know, this is no one has a patent on this. this no, is, and and that's what I think. That's you know, we live in a society where everything has to have a patent. Everything, yeah. I mean, in people's minds, like, oh, well, that was so and so's idea, or that was so and so. To everything, so on a big picture, you know, you know, when people want to say, well, punk rock started here, you just explained it beautifully. I mean, yes, 
yeah. the news the news was pushing the sex pistols because you know for, because of the words coming out of their mouth but you know other bands well, all over like you're saying were just doing the same thing i think people were just getting fed up with just everything and expressing it in their music and it just all kind of you know, the vibe, the vibe, the political vibes, everything of the world at that time. And, you know, the, the the American media really tried to cheapen the sex pistols. They essentially wanted to sell them to America as just another shock rock band like Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, much as I may like Alice Cooper stuff, let's face it, that shit's cheesy. What the oh, yeah. sex pistols were doing was not cheesy. There was some something with some teeth to what they did. Yeah. And so they tried to diminish that by, you know, essentially selling them as this novelty act. Really? Yeah. Um, no, but, I, you know, I totally agree. And we we still see the same shit today. They sell, I mean, when I was growing up, it was boy bands. And it was, I mean, I'm talking about America, how they sell us on just shit. It, well, we, yeah, you know, you know but, but that, I, mean, I mean, we could get you, in a huge. You cannot. Story. You cannot compare boy bands to the Sex Pistols. No, but I'm just saying. Despite whatever Malcolm McLaren has to say about <laughs> this, you know? and we know Malcolm was lying. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? So anyway, real quick, did you enjoy South by Southwest this year? Did you like the vibe? Did you did you enjoy it? I'm kind of the wrong guy to ask that. Um, South by Southwest was greatly enjoyable when it was a smaller thing in the early 90s, okay? Yeah. okay. Um, at, at that time, it was, I mean, it was kind of big, but it was, you know, more contained. And right. this was, you know, at that point, me and, uh, you know, my other fellow young professionals in the music business, we treated it as our spring break or our summer camp, you know? This is where we got to see our friends from right. around the country, you know, that we knew you know, from the business uh, that we didn't get to see the rest of the year. You know, it was it was fun. You know, and yeah, you got to see some cool bands and stuff like that. But South by Southwest has become this enormous thing that essentially is directly responsible for the gentrification of Austin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's this is the reason why Austin is now this huge urban metropolis on a very small plot of land. Yeah. And um, it, if once a year somebody takes downtown Tokyo and plops it right in the middle of Austin, and it's insane. No, I don't enjoy that. I can't. No. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 53 years old, and I can't go tearing through town on a, you know, a head full of mini things you know, trying to capture all this stuff. Right. I I essentially stay home most of the day, and I go out to my one band I'm assigned to cover, then I go home and write about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I may meet with a handful of friends for lunch or whatever, <laughs> but they can buy me that they can buy me on their expense account. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> You know, well, I, but I I only ask I I've only lived in Austin for eight years. Um, right. I came here. You know, I came from California. Well, I came from Arizona, but I originally grew up in California. I came right. here with no money. I came in a pickup truck, two kids, and a U-Haul, and I don't have that pickup truck anymore because it broke down. But anyways, um, 
the first year, I mean, for me, when I first came, the first year was kind of cool. I saw Foxborough Hot Tubs, which is a green day, and I thought that was cool. And I saw some little other shows, some, a lot of punk rock shows down on Red River and stuff. Uh, it's like me, that Foxborough Hot Tubs show, yeah. Yeah, fun. That was a great show, by the way. But uh, but what I'm saying is, for me, that was uh, that was awesome because it was more. I had a good time exploring all the punk rock stuff, and then I think the next couple yeah. of years we we had like CeeLo and we had Lady Gaga, and I thought it was. I, I was going, oh fuck! It's turning into California festival shit and just corporate and billboards selling. And then I know I've, they've had they've had some. Incidents. I've got news for you, Eric. I've got news for you. It already was by the time yeah. you got here. Yeah, no, okay. I know, I know. Yeah, and, then, well, and I've met, like you, I've met a lot of people that go, oh, no, 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 no. You would have, it It used to be independent bands that would just come to town to play. It wasn't, and I I feel bad that I never got to experience that. This year, I, I just know that they tried to tone it down with big acts and stuff, so I was just trying to get your view. Of the, I mean, is it, I mean, are you one of the people who think they just should stop the whole festival to save Austin in a way? No, or it's no, just, no, no, right. they should not. Okay. I mean, I'm, you know, no, they should not. And, uh, you know, just understand that it's a different experience for me than it would be for a lot of other people. And right. no, they should not stop it. I mean, for one thing, you know, there's a lot of clubs around here that, operate at a loss year-round because they know for one week of the year they're going to make bank. Yeah. And it'll, it'll, you know, that that week alone is going to, you know, settle a lot of bills and enable them to operate one year longer. I mean, no, this is not something that should be stopped. And you can't downsize something like this. Um, No, no. I mean, honestly, you know, you're telling me that uh, they downsized it this year. No, they didn't. They did that a few years ago after the hit and run. Um, they yeah, scaled it back a little bit for the for the hit and run after the hit and run. That's right. Over and, there by the Mohawk that night. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. They, they, did, they did comment down that after that. You're you're right. It, it, I witnessed that whole thing, and uh, oh God, I don't want to recount that all over no. again. But. Um, no, uh, honestly, but I'll tell you this much. The quality of the acts I saw this year was incredible. Uh, the people I met was inc- were incredible. And, you know, I got more work out of the thing, uh, you know, more steady work that's coming yeah. up here. You that's know, that's, that's it. so there was some good networking there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I cannot complain about any year that I get to see Joan Jett. Um, I know. Very Joan. For free. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, mind you, I've never had to pay to see Joan Jett in my life because of my <laughs> job. But, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, getting, getting to see the Memphis, the first Memphis punk band, the Quits. Um, you know, that was a, that was a revelation. Right. On. Uh, the Bush, the Bush Tetras a few nights later was just incredible. I did enjoy Anal and the Sniffers, this newish, um, garage punk band from, from Melbourne. Uh, oh, wow. but, but you know something, honestly, I've got to say, um, the veterans this year were the ones that kicked ass, not the young kids, church. It Why really was the I thought it really was the vets. 
I, I saw that you went and saw the Stitches, and I remember them all. They played all over on the West Coast. I mean, they, you know, they still do. They're from that area. You got to see that. One when of they, my. One of our brother bands, and as far as the hormones go, I mean, right, Michael right Norman, the Stitches, the Stitches singer, uh, wrote the very first fan letter that we ever received. Oh, very And cool. you know, we've been tied forever. The Briefs as well, and right uh, you know, yeah, no, those guys kicked ass, obviously, and uh, but yeah, I, uh, I saw a couple of veteran bands too. I went and saw. I, I don't know if you're familiar, but the Mullins from Dallas and the Pleasers. Yep. And the Pleasers, yep. I saw them, and man, I was blown away. Just really good musicians, just tight and just fun, fun atmosphere, good punk rock, just rock and roll, and just good, man. Fun yeah. to see that, you know. Yeah, the Mullins were another band that we kind of began with as well uh, yeah. back in the day. So yeah, no, I, I wish I could have gone to see them, but that's like I said, it's too big and too spread out, right? And you know. I mean, literally, you know, it was easier when I was a twenty-something-year-old <laughs> to swallow to swallow a fistful of mini fins and just go tearing through this fucking town, and you know. But it was all contained with on Sixth Street back in those days. Right. Exactly. Literally. Right. Exactly. So the containment was the was yeah was different, and now it's like you said, it's everywhere, everywhere. It it grew exponentially. I mean, you know they. They've added on other sort of media to this whole conference. You've got, you know, the film, you've got interactive, you've got sports, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, this is, these are all very good things for Austin. Yep. But, but what this means is that, yeah, Austin is going to grow huge because, for one, for one thing, South by Southwest served as a trailer for Austin in many, many ways. It's like... These oh yeah. People from these people from California or wherever come in here and they think, oh, it's so, they got it so good here. They have twenty four seven hot and cold running breakfast tacos, <laughs> and every band in the world is playing every night of the week right on Sixth Street. <laughs> when I and, moved, <laughs> let me real quick. When I moved here, Tim, I had two things in mind. I I had about two thousand dollars in the bank. That was it to drive here and move, but. I knew they had a good pool and spa business because that's what I've done for 25 years. And I right. knew that they had South by Southwest and good music. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to Austin. I knew nobody here. That's the reason why I came here. So, yes, yeah, South by Southwest does fill up. Because it always stuck in my head. That's where all the bands go to get known. Yeah. Well, and I just I just wrote about this for uh, a column that I'm, that I'm doing for this for this UK soap manufacturer called Lush. That was who hosted this, this uh, panel that I was on. And then they, they, you know, they were so impressed with, you know, my insane mutterings that they decided to give me monthly work <laughs> and, and help me pay my rent. Honestly. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, but, you know, I, I talked about this at the beginning of this column, uh, you know, a lot of the things I'm saying to you now, and I'm, you know, the insane thing is that these people move here and they move them to these high-rise condos downtown to yeah. be near this music they wanted to be close to. And then they complain about the noise. Right, 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 right. I will ne I will never forget Eric Hartman, the man who started Emo's, the Emo himself. He and I talked about this in 1996 because they were getting noise complaints then from 
some of the population that was kind of trickling in at that point. Right. And Eric, Eric said the most hilarious thing. He said, man, if you don't move into an apartment above a fish store, your apartment's going to smell like fish. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. Tim, I got to end end this interview today. We could spend hours and hours talking. We got to get together one day. Uh, I would love that. I would love that. And uh, I wish you played guitar instead of drums. I could use a guitar player right now. I know. I I, I saw that you posted that, that you you played over at Kick Butt Cafe. And then I guess that was his, he had to move on after that, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I won't go into all of that. I wish it well. Um, You know, it's... uh, but yeah, that was his last show. We're going to continue on as a trio until we find someone suitable. Very cool, very cool. I'll put up uh, put up links for your for your band, and uh, we'll talk in the future soon. Sounds good, man. Let me know when this is up. I will. I will for sure. All right. Thank you. Take sir. care, brother. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Oh. <laughs>